This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And we're back, and we have just concluded, at least uh, this last weekend, the Network 220 convention in Atlanta. And I have with me Michelle, wait, what? Michelle Terrell? Hey, it sounds good to me. Sounds a lot better than Michelle Morris. I'm still doing the identity Mm -hmm. shift. Michelle is my new bride. And uh, we thought we'd do a podcast together and maybe hit the highlights a little bit. Some of the things we got and a couple of uh, ideas and insights from the convention. And uh, It was fun. We had a good time, didn't we? It was awesome seeing everyone. We put a lot of effort into the convention, so I have to say I came home physically exhausted but spiritually renewed. And I even learned after meeting this incredible uh, lady named Susan. Hello, Susan. Uh, Hi, Susan. Susan shared a new song, and would you believe the title of this song is Walking Free. And I said, I've never heard of that. She goes, it's my favorite song. And I listened to it. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this. And just if you are out and about on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere, check out Walking Free by Micah Tyler. And I think you're going to like that song too. So a big shout out to Susan for introducing that song, and I probably wouldn't have heard about it unless we met up at the convention. And that's why it's good to go to these conventions. You never know who you're going to meet and what cool things you're going to hear about. But one person you always know you're going to meet at the Network 220 convention is... Is... Andrew Farley. Our fearless leader. Our president of the Network 220 organization. So big shout out to Andrew. And uh, he uh, had a lot to share. We had a lot of uh, cool speakers, and we won't be able to hit all of them on this short little podcast. But we thought it would be fun to share a couple of insights that we picked up at the uh, convention. And we might want to start with our fearless leader, Mr. Farley. Dr. Dr. Farley. (laughs) Dr. Farley, yes. Dr. Farley. Well, one of the things that he reminded us of is God does not want to break you. And I agree with what he's saying here. God does not want to break your spirit. Um, Psalm 147.3 says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And I just loved that Dr. Farley presented that um, our message is the message of being made whole. Um, So we don't have to run around telling everybody um, that we're broken. Uh, We were broken, uh, and God has made us whole. And so we get to run around telling everybody our redemption story, that we've been made whole. And some people will push back against this idea of, you know, God doesn't want to break you. And I think they misunderstand a bit, as Michelle was saying, God doesn't want to break us. He actually likes us. In fact, he already threw out the old and brought in the new, and he has 
made us a brand new creation. So why would he want to break what he has just remade? That doesn't make any sense. But there is this concept of brokenness that is real. And how does that work in counseling? We see it uh, a lot in counseling where people are in really challenging circumstances. Sometimes they create those circumstances for themselves through Mm, can we call them bad choices? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes people are experiencing that because just bad stuff is happening to them. And so God has this commitment to us that he will take all things and he will uh, use it for our good. And a lot of times we find, especially when folks are, are making unhealthy choices, is that they are trying to get their needs met out of their own resources, they're rep- relying on this um, this inner strength. They're relying on themselves instead of relying on God. And we use the word that Paul uses in Scripture and call that the flesh. And so God does not want us to depend on the flesh to meet our needs or to try to survive life. He actually wants us to depend fully and completely on Him to supply our needs. So I. I see over and again in counseling that God does want to break us from depending on ourselves and draw us into depending on him. He's there as that resource, and he delights in it when we um, connect heart to heart with him and and just receive from him what he's offering us. And this is the delineation we really want to make that, yes, The idea of going through brokenness, of where we're broken from depending on the flesh, depending on anything else that we're trying to get life from, that process where we come to the point of exhaustion, of trying to get our needs met, that term brokenness is a very uh, good word for that that point uh, in our journey where we come to the point of exhaustion, there's nothing left that we can try, and we say, God, I need you. He goes, I'm here, believer. I'm right here, never left you, never forsook you, always loving you in the midst of your journey. And now, are you ready to receive my love? God allows, and I think, and Andrew, and Dr. Farley, yes, but he goes by Andrew, and Andrew said, he goes, when someone says, oh, well, God allowed all these all these things to happen, maybe they're talking about bad things or evil, and Andrew's very scholarly response was, well, no, duh, that was the scholarly answer, and it's like, of course he allows things. If he didn't allow it, and he is God, it wouldn't be happening So that's a no, duh. Bad things happen. And God, when he sees us, he wants good for us. He he wants us to experience his abundance. But sometimes we get deceived thinking that, well, maybe what God said isn't true. Maybe I can get life from something or someone else. Maybe like Adam and Eve who were presented with this uh, with this deception, saying that you can be like God and you can know good from evil, and we're deceived in the same way, and we go picking the wrong fruit, and 
we find out that doesn't satisfy. And God's with us, and he allows that to happen. And he says that when you're ready, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force you to choose me. I'm going to let you struggle. I'm going to allow that until you've come to the point where, yeah, I'm realizing that's not going to work. And he says, I'm right here. Now do you turn to me and find life? Well, another uh, thing that we learned this weekend is that Andrew is going to be moving from where he's at in Lubbock, Texas, and moving up to Dallas. And his replacement has already been um, selected, and it's another Andrew. Another one. A smooth transition there. Uh, He goes by Andy, though. Uh, Andy Nelson, who is uh, another doctor, Dr. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Really great guy. I... Uh, sat in on his workshop. Mm. And I loved everything you were just talking about, uh, Adam and Eve taking the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and just questioning, you know, is God good? That's exactly what my workshop uh, was that I sat in, that uh, Andy led an amazing discussion of this question, what does it mean that God is good? As we all threw our our ideas around, um, one thing that struck me is, we usually judge. We basically sit as the judge uh, against God for whether what he's doing is good or evil. And we're sitting over here in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, determining for ourselves what is good, Mm -hmm. and then turning around and saying, well, God's not good. And we're using the definition of good that's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, um, you know, the, the Bible is so clear. It says God is good. What does that, what does that goodness mean? Because there is a whole different definition that is different from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When I was thinking about this, I've, I've just been chewing on this um, ever since I, I heard Andy speak. I think it's the way, you know, I like to say, I love the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And Uh, There's scripture that says, God is love. So is the word love, when I say I love the Dodgers, is that love the same as the love that when uh, when God says he is love? Those are two different loves. (laughs) And he um, gave the illustration, and maybe uh, Andrew uh, was talking about Andy's uh, workshop, uh, but uh, one of them used the scripture when the... Uh, and it's found in Mark when the guy came up to Jesus and said, good teacher. And Jesus turned to him and said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. It's like saying, so so are you calling me God? Well, that's right. You, you're halfway there. He wasn't. He was just using that term good. And that is goodness by definition and in reality is god it's not what we necessarily perceive as good or evil that we've derived from trying to figure out uh this 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 moral these morals as a human uh, or from adam and eve's perspective from that uh, tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil we're trying to determine good and, and god says i am good i am the good 
yeah, it was it was excellent, and I can't wait to hear more from Andy. What else, uh, when it comes to this uh, idea, uh, one more thought on uh, being good. Uh, we hear this all the time when folks talk about the opposite of good, bad. Why are bad things happening to good people? And uh, we start questioning God, and why doesn't God intervene? And uh, what is that? You know, does that mean God is not good because he's not intervening in what is bad? And that go, does go down a whole big road that we don't have time for really to unpack in this short little podcast. But if God is indeed God and God is indeed good, don't you think that He, uh, this whole world is the best possible that there could be? And if it wasn't, then there would be something different, right? Uh, God, as Andrew Farley would say, is a gentleman, and he's not going to force choice on you. He's going to give you the ability to choose him and to believe and to choose life or choose death. That is your choice. And there is no such thing as full free will, but God has given us, given us the free will and given us the decision to choose him. And we can choose him and choose life or not. And we can go trying to define good and define bad in our own efforts. But if you want to choose life, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So I encourage you to stay on the side of life and choose life, which means choosing Jesus Christ, choosing his forgiveness and his life. That's what it's all about. These other arguments of what's good, what's bad, and what's the gray area, it's like working with teenagers uh, in their dating life. Well, uh, what is good dating and, and how far can I go? That's the, always the question you get. How far can I go? And I think I, you're asking the wrong question. Exactly. <laughs> you're think, trying to see how close to the cliff you can get before falling over instead of asking how far away from the cliff can I stay? Can I get? And when that wind, you get too close and, and another external force hits you, you're gone, baby. You're over the cliff. So yeah, wrong question. But I digress. Let's keep back on track on, <laughs> on the convention. What else did we hear? Well, we need to give a shout out to Mark Malding and the whole crew from Grace Life International in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out. Yes. Hey, guys. So Mark did a wonderful uh, keynote session on um, God takes out the trash and he brings in the treasure. Mm. And he was talking about acceptance. Um, Is it possible for me to do something that that I would lose God's acceptance uh, after I'm a believer. And so he made it so clear and went through many scriptures that said that that part of me that was trash, that old spirit, um, the the spirit that was separated from God, God actually took that out. Mm. He removed it. He didn't clean that up when I became a, a Christian. He actually removed that old dead, uh, separated from God's spirit, and he actually put inside of me a brand new spirit. And that's the treasure that I've received. So uh, he reviewed with us, we all know this one, right? Second Corinthians 517. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it says that we are a brand new creation, that he's made us a brand new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the old has passed away. And 
one issue that many people deal with is they keep believing in some way, shape, or form. They're trashy. That they've that their their past that yes they actually made bad choices, but they begin to believe the enemy deceives them to believing they're defined by that, and that well maybe it didn't really work for me and and I'm just uh, they feel like trash, when indeed and and in truth they are treasure. I think it makes it so clear that at the fall. When uh, mankind was separated from God, the first thing that Adam and Eve experienced was that shame, mm. that sense of there is something really wrong with me. And it was true. There was something wrong with them. Um, but that sense of shame and wrongness about ourselves, that sense of being dirty, uh, will will just keep us perpetually separated from God. Um, even after we become a believer, He's actually dealt with the core issue, and our emotions don't necessarily instantly change. And what we see often, especially in the counseling side, uh, are folks almost 100% that come in with some type of shame, whether it's shame uh, for decisions they have made or shame for something that has happened to them a shame for, uh, uh, because of uh, things that were told them that they began to believe about themselves, about their body. Uh, I love what uh, Andrew says. Uh, he says this all the time, but God has not only completely redeemed your spirit, and sometimes we stop there and say, well, yeah, God loves my spirit, and that's really who I am, but He's probably not always thrilled with my soul and my body. Oh my gosh, and my body, thats it's just pretty bad. And we get this idea that God likes part of us, but not all of us. Well, the good news is that God likes all of you. Hebrews says that you, the, the spirit and the soul, that the word of God can separate, but it's hard to, to distinguish between that spirit and soul. There's just so... So connected, the spirit uh, is that that being of who we are, but that soul is our personality, our, our, our will, and our thinking. And that's going to heaven with you, by the way, your soul spirit and your body. Guess what your body is? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So do you think God doesn't like your body? Of course he likes your body. He likes your spirit your soul, your body, it is all wrapped up housing the Holy Spirit. You're in union with the Holy Spirit in you. I think that's why God makes it clear. Uh, Paul talks about this. Let's take care of these amazing bodies of ours mm -hmm. because the Spirit of God as believers does dwell inside of us. So it's motivation mm -hmm. to uh, make healthy choices. Right. But don't think your body as some of the, um, uh, back in the day you had, and you can call it the Dobby complex if you're a Harry Potter fan, but all oh, the bad, this bad Dobby, bad Dobby, and you're, you're, you're trying to beat your body because of it's bad and evil. Your body's not evil. Yes, your body is affected by the curse of sin. That's why we get old and die. Your body is a shell, but your body is not evil. 
Boy, if we shift our mindset, God brings healing to our body from the spirit to our soul out to our body. And we see it all the time in counseling as folks um, break free from living out of that flesh and they start walking by the spirit. Boy, people have physical healing. Some they people do. lose significant amount of weight that they've been holding on to to hide and self-protect. Uh, some people have completely different, you know, gut issues get healed and uh, stress headaches go away. So there can be a lot of physical change that happens when we uh, have that spiritual healing. And and so now the body also, by the way, look, the body is affected by by this world we live in. DNA is degenerating. We get you're going to have disease. There's going to be cancers. There's going to be illnesses. There's going to be all kind of physical issues. That's not God being mad at you. That's just the result of the world and the years and years and years of of sin having its effect on this planet and on our bodies and on our children and their children, their children. It's part of life. But can the body be affected or is the body affected by our spirit and our soul and how we're aligned and set free there? Absolutely. It Those choices and the revelation we make about our identity in Christ, our forgiveness in Christ, our oneness with Christ, the victory that is in Christ, our righteousness in Christ, all of that, as we begin to understand that, it is lived out through our body and our physical body is positively affected by that. It's an incredible thing. And one thing you mentioned that uh, I think is a good segue is you mentioned this idea of shame. And we had a speaker and this lady was, uh, she was a powerhouse. She is a powerhouse. Uh, she tri- is a she is a firecracker. Firecracker, um, lovely, lovely person, Tracy Levinson, and she wrote a book. Uh, Michelle, what's the name of this book? Unashamed, candid conversations about dating, love, nakedness. Uh oh. And get this, faith. All together. All together, dating, love, nakedness, and faith. Because. Although I don't think she's probably putting the dating and the nakedness together. No nakedness while you're dating. (laughs) Nakedness when you're married or nakedness in front of a mirror, uh, but no nakedness uh, while you're dating. So let's make that clear. But yes, unashamed. And and, in fact, a song. Now, she didn't speak specifically about this, but that's her book. Uh, And there's so much shame. And when we can rest in the fact that we are accepted in Christ and we can start to be comfortable in our own literal skin and be unashamed, that is so freeing. Shame is like a blanket that douses your creativity, your, 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 um, um, your inhibitions. Uh, it just, it, it's like a, it's a literal wet blanket when you can peel that off and be free, and I'm not saying run around naked, you know, unless you're by yourself or with your spouse, that's, I guess, okay. 
I don't know. I'll leave that between you and God. But can you be unashamed in your nakedness, not just physically, how about emotionally? Can you be emotionally unashamed historically from your experience? Can you talk uh, with your significant other about anything and be unashamed? I think when we have awareness, sometimes we hold shame, we have shame, and we're not even aware that it's there. But when that moment comes, that revelation comes, and for example, listening to a podcast like this, and um, and we challenge you and say, you know, um, if you feel ashamed about your body, maybe you like 90% of your body, but there's 10% of your body that just ugh, feels icky. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe mm. you like 10% of your body and 90% of your body you're uh, ashamed of. It doesn't have to stay that way. We can be intentional about this and really dig into, um, you know, shame is an emotion, but the problem isn't the shame. The shame isn't the actual problem. You don't have a problem because you have shame. You have a problem because you believe something about yourself. The shame is doing its job. It's just shining the light on the fact that there is a belief that you hold about yourself that is uh, producing the shame. So what we do in counseling, we dig deeper into those messages behind the shame to get underneath it and see what are we believing? And guess what, folks? 99% of the time, what we're believing is a lie. Sometimes we feel shame and it's actually accurate. We talked about that when Adam and Eve felt shame. It was accurate. There was something wrong with them spiritually. And that shame was meant to motivate them to go find, you know, that pathway to reconnect them with God. So if we are disconnected from our Heavenly Father, if we are disconnected uh, from God, and we are not a believer, and we don't have that new spirit in us yet, and we feel shame, that's actually accurate. And God uses that shame to to lure us to, that sounds almost like the wrong kind of word, mm. but to woo us, to mm -hmm. invite us into relationship with him. And so as he gives us a new spirit, the core issue has now been dealt with. There's no need for there still to be shame, but sometimes we still hold on to the shame. And, um, and sometimes we have to dig deeper and be willing to be vulnerable and to uh, go through some of the pain that we've been maybe trying to avoid so that we can get to that place of finding out what God says is true. One of the things that came up in, uh, in my workshop I did for uh, counselors, for Healthy Hearts uh, professionally and personally, was this idea that um, do I just need to try to convince myself that I'm okay um, if I'm a believer, I'm hearing the, this podcast, I'm reading my Bible, I'm seeing, no, I'm a new creation. Do I just keep telling myself, I'm a new creation, I'm a new creation, put it on a post-it note, put it on my mirror. Can I convince myself it's true? It's not very effective for me to try to convince me of what's true. But what is really effective is when we sit, when we are still and we sit in the presence of God, and we sit and invite him into the, uh, the pain and the vulnerability, and we actually listen to him speak to our hearts what's true. That brings transformation. And once we realize that when we receive Christ, receive his forgiveness and life 
we can come to him in confidence, not in shame. All that's gone. We're forgiven, loved, accepted into his family. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Do you come to the throne of grace with confidence? Or do you come with your tail between your legs and just just scared to death? Hebrews says, let's draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, when you come to the throne of grace, he's offering mercy. He's saying, I love you. I'm with you. I know you're going through a hard time. I know you you made some bad decisions, but I love you. I'm with you. And and that's his mercy. And I got something for you. I've got grace. Grace to help in time of need. Grace to help. Grace isn't just, uh, grace isn't mercy. But grace is also a sense of, of power. Grace is uh, his goodness toward us. Grace is the victory that he's given us. He's given us so much grace, so many things by his grace. And when you come to his throne in confidence, you're going to find mercy. No matter what choices you've made, no matter what's happened, and you're going to find grace to help in your time of need. And that summarizes the convention that we went to was called Grace Upon Grace. And there's so much more we could give you. That This is just a couple highlights. Uh, it was a wonderful convention. We're so grateful we could attend. So glad it was in Atlanta. The next convention next year, in April, next year, uh, second or third week, uh, it'll be announced uh, probably by the near the end of the year. But that'll be in Dallas, Texas. And... Uh, we are excited to go back to Dallas and see all, all of our friends there. So we hope that uh, this podcast has been an encouragement to you. And one thing, as you know, I always say that uh, as uh, you're hearing thing and got things and God is speaking to your heart, I want you not just to talk about it. It's good to talk about it. That's awesome to talk about it. But I want you at some point to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.